Hi everybody, it is Dan and Chris back with another episode of A Father's Love, Healing Through Heartache. We want to thank everybody as always for listening. We want to thank WMQL Radio in Brevard for uh, airing our show every week for us to help us get our thoughts out there and hopefully help some people. And we want to thank everybody who tunes in, whether it be YouTube or any of the major uh, podcast platforms we greatly appreciate you giving some time to listen to us talk. Uh, Chris and I are both still mourning the losses of our son. Chris has lost his seven-year-old son, Mason. I lost my nine-year-old son, Jameson. And we're just two regular guys who are sharing what life is like uh, since those days. So, Chris, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there. How you doing, buddy? Same old as always, right? Exactly. One day at a time, one step at a time, like we always say. Yep, exactly. So this week, uh, Chris and I are going to talk about God. If you've listened to us, you know that we're both Christians, and we both firmly believe that Mason and Jameson are up in heaven, and we've talked privately numerous times about we we sure hope that they've connected up there, and they're up there having the time of their lives together. Um, but we, we've, we've talked many times over the two seasons about how our faith sometimes is strong, sometimes it's very weak. We have a lot of questions that come through our mind, a lot of guilt, kind of all over the map. And we've also talked about just what non-believers would be going through. And so we're going to try to delve into those topics today and we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, so, Chris, I'll start with uh, this question. When when you were sitting in the hospital for about a week and you knew that things were looking, weren't looking so good, um, what was your what was your faith like? What was your prayer like that during that time? Yeah, I mean, as I as I recently I've been thinking a lot more about the hospital uh, one of Mason's nurses actually reached out to me on Facebook. It was very, um, I didn't expect it. And it threw me for a loop. Uh, I actually was, because I'm working really hard on Mason's uh, foundation and we, I was doing some research on Adam and I was just laying there in bed. I went to sleep and about an hour later, I heard my phone, you know, ding. So I took a look at it real quick and it was a message from one of Mason's nurses and I knew who this nurse was right away because I remember he carried Mason to us, to Amanda and myself as he was passing away. And um, the only reason I bring that up is because I was also thinking a lot about faith that week too and how, how things were going and how it progressed. And, you know, when things first start off and you're very scared, right, you're scared of what's going to happen to your, your child as they're in the hospital laying there, they have a ventilator tube in their mouth. Um, you know, you are praying constantly when you're a person of faith that God will come to your rescue. God will not uh, harm your loved one and they'll be there. Uh, I don't think I'm a perfect person, but I don't think I'm a horrible person. Uh, I am a sinner. I make mistakes all the time, but at the same sense, I still thought I lived a pretty good life and I thought that God was going to come through and help, you know, save my son, hoping for a miracle. 
Um, ADEM is pretty survivable. It has a pretty high survivability rate. So we were pretty hopeful that Mason was going to get through it. Now, we didn't know what kind of um, <clears throat> limitations he might have after getting through it, but we were still hopeful. And of course, we wanted him to make it through. And as the time went on, I kind of had this sickening feeling in my stomach, like it just wasn't progressing the way the doctors explained it to me. Um, I prayed pretty often and I thought I had that really good relationship with God. And it's, it's funny because it's not funny, but you know, you hear about the signs of, um, you know, like you're bartering for someone's life and you're, 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 um, you know, please don't take my child. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do whatever I need to do. You're saying all these things in your head, hoping God will hear you praying for those miracles. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out for us. Obviously Mason went to heaven and it was a difficult time. Um, even though it was a difficult time, I still had faith the whole time. Um, uh, we're Catholic. I had a priest come up and do last rites with Mason uh, when we knew that he wasn't going to make it. Um, our, our priest, Father Mark, from when we were stationed in Alaska, happened to be driving through Idaho at the time. And we had actually scheduled to meet and have lunch together um, that week. Um, so, of course, he's an important part of our family, and I wanted him to come up and do the ceremony, and he did. And um, that was important for me to know in you know our Catholic faith faith that Mason's soul was clean and good and everything was going to work out and it doesn't make it any easier by any means but um, you know when that time was come for Mason to go to heaven I had every confidence in my heart that there would be no doubt he'd be going up there now just because I knew Mason was going to heaven doesn't mean I wasn't mad at God I was mad I was like hey God I've, I've done everything I think you've asked of me and I'm getting the screw here. There's really bad people all over the world. Why are you taking my son? What did I do wrong? How did I mess, you know, not follow this plan? And it took a long time. Um, I think about when Mason, uh, you know, went to heaven and then we did the funeral and then we had to go back to Idaho. Um, and I think about the first couple times I went back to church and I just sat there looking at the families with their kids. And I just cried the whole time. I sat in the back row specifically so people wouldn't see me. Um, and I just remember crying all the time, the whole time, because that's what I did. I went to church with my boys. You know, we went every Sunday. And those first couple masses, when we came back, I went alone. I just needed, you know, you can't, I can't be a good Christian father to my boys if I'm not mentally there strong and I needed the recharge. So uh, I remember going to church two, three, four times. Um, it was very difficult the first couple times. I remember praying often that Mason was safe in heaven. As a dad, we have this protector feeling, right? We want to be the protectors of our family. When you lose a child, you feel like you failed horribly. You feel like you messed up. You did something wrong. And all I could do was really pray to God to, to watch over Mason's soul since I couldn't. 
Um, I know it seems kind of like, well, of course he's God. He's going to look, but it's just how I felt at that time. You know, you're, you're dealing with extreme grief and that's those, those were the emotions going through me. Um, as the time went on, my faith was up and down. I never stopped believing in God. I think I was always just either sad or angry or upset or questioning why me. I think the question why me was pretty often in my mind. Um, and as the time went on, um, you know, I feel like my faith has started to come back. I feel pretty strong about it. I still go to church every week. I still pray often and I still feel, I think it's important to me because it gives me something to hope for. Right. Uh, I have that hope that one day I will see Mason in heaven. I will be there with him and I'll be able to give him that hug again, if that makes sense. So yeah, Dan, that's kind of how I've been going through it these last couple of years now. Mm-hmm. So um, you just you made me write a lot of things down that we can talk about. Um, I know I, as I'm as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about people who don't have the faith in God, and the people that cherry pick verses out of the Bible, um, whether it's non-believers doing it or believers, because both sides do it. And uh, I know one of the one of the things that I hear a lot is um, from there are there are Christian there is a uh, denomination in in the Christian world that believes that Chris and I must not have prayed hard enough to save Mason and to save Jameson because the Bible says God will answer your prayers and. We obviously both prayed, save Jameson, save Mason, and that was not God's plan. So we must have not prayed hard enough. What are your thoughts about that, Chris? Um, <clears throat> you know, if that's what someone's belief is, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock them for it. I obviously don't think that. I think, uh, you know, again, I'll say it: nobody's perfect in this world. You know, I'm not going to cast a stone at someone. I wish they wouldn't cast a stone at me. Uh, I make mistakes all the time. I have sin on me. And um, even with that, though, it's okay. It's, uh, you know, I know my boy's in heaven, and I know I did everything I could to help him and to get him there, get him to heaven. I think that's an important part that maybe is often overlooked, right? Did I prepare my child, even though he went to heaven, did I prepare him for heaven? Did I teach him good morals, good values? Did I take him to church? Did I teach him the importance of what church was, what God was, what Jesus was? And I think I did. And I think, uh, I think that's going to help Mason in the long run. So as hard as it is, um, you know, I think I prayed enough. Good. I know um, one of the things that we talk a lot about and a lot of the dad's we hear it a lot is um, just I can't follow a God who would hurt innocent children and I can't follow a God that would allow all this pain and suffering in the world and I can't follow a God who would accept a murderer into heaven or a child rapist or whatever it is Um, and I know my heart breaks every time I see a comment from anybody that 
yeah, I just, I don't believe in God anymore because he took my child away. And I am not a biblical scholar, so I welcome any any correction from Chris or any of our, our listeners if I, if I have the incorrect understanding of something that's in the Bible on anything I say today, but um, I, it hurts my heart for these parents who are walking away from God because of the loss of their child, because, and, and Chris just mentioned, I'm mad, I was mad at God. I'm mad at God a lot of times, too, for a lot of different things, and that is okay. Uh, my pastor at my church, uh, we just we, we just started going to a new church not, not too long ago, and when I was talking to him about things, one of the things he told me was that he had just met with a lady or a couple who left the church because he on stage one day said that he was mad at God. Um, he has two adopted children who both have severe heart issues. They've undergone seven, eight, or nine open heart surgeries already. They're only, I think, four or five years old each, and they've already gone through seven or eight, nine open heart surgeries. And he openly was talking one day about just how hard that is and how he's mad at God sometimes because of that. And apparently there were a few people in the audience that day that got really upset and offended, offended that the pastor from stage would say, I'm mad at God. And my understanding, my interpretation of the Bible is that it is totally okay to be mad at God. He can handle it. God is sovereign. He created everything. He can handle it if we're mad at him. And there is, all through the Bible, examples. Job is, for anybody that's lost a child and really gone through serious things, Job was mad at God. David was mad at God. Jesus was turning tables. He got angry and flip some tables in there uh, where it's okay to be mad at God. But for you to say, I can't follow a God that would do that, I my hope is that farther down the road, you, you start to uncover the fact that you're really just mad at God, and that's totally okay. Um, but you're even still admitting that there is a God that you believe in and you're you're putting yourself in that position where I don't I choose not to follow him even though I believe in him. So I hope that the people who are uh, going through that mindset right now can quickly start to dig themselves out and realize that you know what I'm hurt, I'm mad, but God is still God, and start working on their relationship with Jesus again. And, and it might take forever, but just kind of claw your way back closer and closer every day. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's you're going through the most difficult times in your life. And I know I say it, I, I feel like I say it every episode the world is a messed up place right now, there is hardship everywhere. 
And it's probably easy to blame God for all that, but really we got to blame ourselves. We got to, we're the humans making the mistakes here. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, I hope people can get through that for sure. And not, you know, the, I just feel like if you have that faith, it can, it can help you out so much more than that anger. Right. Um, so, but Dan, how about you? How about, how has your relationship changed? Um, you know, I know you didn't have the week like I did, um, with Mason and it was a much shorter condensed time frame. but how, how was it for you? And I, I've, as I've shared various times, I'm still struggling, uh, in a way I'm not nearly as deep in the Valley as I was, but it's hard when, when Jameson, when we first left that hospital, um, we didn't have a whole lot of time to pray. We, I mean, it was literally an hour, I think, that from the time I found Jameson until we were in the hospital getting the news that he had passed. And uh, so we, we prayed hard during that hour, but it just wasn't a long time for us to really do a whole lot. Uh, but I remember, I mean, we were home for not even 15, 20 minutes, and one of my friends called me because he works at the 911 center here in town and he had just gone on shift right when the call come or came on shift right after the call came in and he saw our name and knew obviously a lot of what was going on so he called me and within half an hour or so he and our student ministries pastor at church were at our house knocking on the door and so I just I let them, they, I mean, they caught the full brunt of everything because we had literally been home for minutes. And I was talking to them about the whole attitude of why is God punishing me? What sin did I have that was so big? And I, I, I have skeletons in my closet. We all do. And I was sitting here beating myself up over the sin that I have and thinking again, why? Well, God, my sin wasn't nearly as bad, again, as a murderer or any of those really obvious examples. I mean, they should be the ones that are getting punished by God. And it was it's not, not something that I necessarily internalized and believed at the moment, but they did reassure me again that God is faithful. God does not punish us for our sin. Uh, he doesn't stop judgment and stop bad things from happening, but he will be there for us as we continue walking down the road. And um, so it was it was encouraging to hear that reminder that, yeah, this this is in no way my fault. The, I mean, how could it possibly be my fault that Jameson had a birth issue, a birth defect that we never knew about? And it was in no way a punishment from God that he was saying, Dan, you better get your act together. Um, I, I still wrestle at times with the, the argument, well, if God is God, why didn't he stop it? I mean, he may not have caused it, but he can stop it. And that leads to, I think, the biggest shift in my mindset the last three years of realizing that um, more about God's sovereignty and I'm not 
experienced enough or smart enough yet to talk too much about it. But basically, the, again, the idea, God is God. He can do whatever he wants. And there is a plan for what we're going through. And I don't know what that plan is. I hope that I'm on the right path with Jameson's Joy and trying to do things that way to make a difference. Um, but we'll never know God's plan. That's if we, if we knew God's plan and why he did this, then we'd be God. And if we knew exactly what happened to cause everything, we'd be God. And we're not God. So um, that's my biggest mindset in the three years has been the change from the message that we hear in most churches of God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Your whole life is going to be rosy and, and nothing bad's ever going to happen to you to that shift in. Yes, God is good, but that doesn't mean that God is good to me right now. My life right at this moment may not be what we consider good. But for eternity, God is good. And that's what the plan is. Um, whether it's an easy road or a hard road, it's a road that right now we've got to travel down to get to eternity. And that's where God's goodness is going to shine through. And until then, why did God take Jameson and Mason? The right answer is we don't know. Um, and we'll never know until we get to heaven and we can see God's view of things maybe from up there and 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 have every all the pieces put together but it's just it is what it is down here and we've got to continue our journey trying to build our relationship with Jesus and get closer and closer to him and in doing that make sure that we're um just displaying the fruit of the Spirit to everybody else and trying to expose everybody else to Jesus. And I hope I'm doing that somewhat. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree 100%, Dan. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it almost feels like a test. Does that kind of make sense? Like, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, you know, like God's like, well, I think I thought that actually when Mason first passed, like, is God testing me? Am I going to not have faith now because this horrible thing happened to me? How am I going to let this dictate my life, my spiritual wellness? And uh, it takes a lot of work. You know, we're not going to try and sugarcoat it and say like, everything's hunky dory. Perfect. It's not there. There it takes work, but the work is worth it in the long run. I think it is worth it. I think, you know, that, that hope of seeing Mason again, that hope of being in heaven together, uh, that's what keeps me going and uh, wanting to do right in the world and help people and do whatever we can. And, uh, yeah, so. All right, Dan, next question. You threw, the, you threw the bomb at me first. I got to throw it to you now. Okay. <laughs> and this one isn't bad, though. Signs from God. I think we have some different opinions on this a little bit, maybe. And uh, I'd love to kind of hear, you know, what are some signs that you think you've gotten? Um, and yeah, let's just talk about that. Yeah, I think 
I hope I've gotten two signs. Um, I remember the day of Jameson's funeral, my one of the pastors from my church out in Raleigh had come out, and he was speaking at the funeral, and he, before we even went to the church, he was like, you know what, Dan, I think we're going to see a rainbow today, it's going to be a beautiful sign, and yada, yada, yada. No rainbow. A whole lot of rain, no rainbow. And uh, that, and no, this is nothing against him, but his words made me really feel guilty at the end of the day again. It's like, well, God, you couldn't even give me a rainbow today. Man, I must be even worse than I originally thought just by taking Jameson. Now you took Jameson and I didn't get a rainbow. Man, I'm really bad. Uh, so I think signs is a very interesting one. As I've shared before, I want signs. Oh, I wish... I wish Jameson would pop his head out of the clouds right now and just say, hey, Dad, I'm here. It's all good. Uh, whatever it is. And that would make everything so much easier. And then we flip back to the fact that, well, for that five minutes, everything would be great. But after five minutes, as a human being, what are we going to do? We're going to be like, okay, can I have another sign and another and another? And it's never going to be enough, whatever signs we get. So I, I, I battle in my own mind all the time with signs. I want them, but I also want them to be real and not give me false hope. Um, I know a rainbow is biblical. Uh, does that mean every time we see a rainbow? I know some people think it's always a sign from God. Um, I lean more toward the side of, yeah, it, it, I guess it could be a sign from God. It is in the Bible that he will provide rainbows and, and as a sign of the, of his covenant and love for us. But is it possible to have a rainbow and just have it be a rainbow? Um, could it be a sign of something other than from Jameson? I mean, it could it could be a lot of things. So I'm I'm always using a filter when I look at things like that. Um, the day that we opened Jameson's fitness course, uh, my we were out of town, but our board president sent me a picture. A butterfly landed right next to her on the sign for the course. Was that a sign from Jameson? that he sent us a butterfly on that really special moment to say that everything was okay. Maybe. Maybe he did. Maybe it was just a butterfly. Um, I don't know. Uh, two things that I really have a hard time uh, brushing off are that the on the first anniversary of Jameson's passing, I think I shared this not too long ago even, um, I, I went into school, and I was looking through the math book for whatever page I was going to work with that day to fit the topic, and I found the question, Jameson ran whatever it was around the, ran a certain distance around the track, and then he did that and that and all that, and I'm like, okay, of all the days to randomly flip through the math book and find a problem that I think in my 22, 20, at that time, I guess, 19 years teaching, I have, I think, never seen the name Jameson in any word problem. 
ever. And of all the days to see Jameson's name for the first time ever in a word problem, okay, that might be a sign that I even even stubborn me can't brush aside. Uh, so that has stuck with me. And then the other one happened, I think it was two Saturdays ago. Um, I was at a local bakery with two guys that I was talking to about joining my board. They're, they have awesome hearts. They've been super supportive of what we're trying to do with dads. So I wanted to have a conversation with them to see if they might be a good fit for our board and if they'd have an interest. And for a year and a half now, I've been checking Google Maps every single week waiting for them to update the satellite image of the location of the fitness park. And for a year and a half, it's been that same broken down three swing swing set, two broken teeter-totters, and a slide, and then a big broken fence and a mud pit. And two Saturdays ago, I was talking to these two dads, about joining our board, and one of them was asking about the park, exactly where it was and all that, and I pulled it up on Google Maps, and I made everybody in that bakery stop what they were doing and look at me in horror, because Erica was there also meeting with a friend, and I screamed really loud, Erica! And uh, apparently people get nervous when you do that in, in public places, just a little side note there. But the whole restaurant stopped and looked at this crazy guy screaming. And I'm like, it had updated. So I take that as a sign that's pretty hard to brush aside that after a year and a half of looking and not updating, the day I'm talking to two people about joining our board and trying to help spread our mission of kindness and, and building families, that's when we see it updated. Um, yeah, I have a hard time pushing that one aside. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a much more optimistic view of signs. Um, I don't, I don't question them as much. And, um, I think my first sign was when we were going to the airport. So after Mason passed, we took him back to Buffalo to be buried and we had to back, head back to Idaho. I had to get back uh, to work. I only have so much time off and life goes on for everyone. And, you know, it's hard, but I got to go back to Idaho. So we had to fly and I, um, we were driving. And as we were driving, I was just thinking of how sad I was that I couldn't visit. I visited Mason every single day um, after he was buried for three weeks and how hard it was going to be to not do that anymore because uh, I had to go back to Idaho. And as we were driving to the airport, there's this truck in front of us. And we're stopped at a stoplight and it's a construction truck and it looks like chalk or white, white marker or something. Um, and it just says Mason on it. That's it. There's nothing else on it, but it says Mason. And you know what? Um, it just gave me that extra support I needed to get on plane and be like, okay, he's all right. He's okay. We're going to get through this. I know he's all right. You know, that, that was the first sign. And then one of our friends bought, um, bought us a little jar 
for the pennies from heaven. And the pennies from heaven, they're pretty important to me. I think uh, that's helped me out quite a bit. Um, basically, anytime you find a penny on the ground, you pick it up and you just think about your loved one and think, hey, they left that penny there for you. Uh, not a lot of pennies floating around anymore, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, it's they, they've come when I've needed them a lot. A lot of times I might even say like, hey, Mason, I haven't gotten a penny in a long time, buddy. And sure as all heck, within a couple of day or two, I got a penny on the ground right next to me. Uh, I, I think that's important. Uh, I think I told this story one time, Dad. This is uh, hopefully I'm not going overboard here. I was taking a shower one time uh, very recently within the last month. And I heard a coin hit in the bathtub. And I was like, what the heck was that? And I turn around and there's a penny in the bathtub as I was taking a shower. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Obviously, I didn't have any clothes on. There's no pennies sitting around. You know, where is that coming from? To me, that's Mason being like, hey, Dan, I'm messing around with you. I just threw a penny at you while you're taking a shower. You know, um, th those little things, they've, they've helped me quite a bit. And, um, you know, um, I think uh, my wife, Amanda, she gets different signs. She gets a lot of dreams from Mason. I've only had two dreams with Mason. Very, very short. Um, I wish I had more dreams with him. Um, but Amanda, she gets them a lot. And I think, Dan, I told you one time, Amanda had a dream uh, where she was talking with Mason and she took, Mason took her to see Jameson. Um, and Jameson was singing in the church. <laughs> I don't know if he likes to sing or not, but that's, that's what it was in her dream. And that's what they, they were talking about. And um, so, yeah. And Mason kind of showed her all around of things he did and he talked to her and said, I'm okay. And, you know, I, I personally appreciate those signs. I think they're important. I think they're good to believe in and they help us get through the days and there's nothing wrong with that. So um, yeah, that's how I am with signs. I, I like them and they work for me. Yeah, I appreciated. Uh, I met with my pastor a month or so ago, and just I peppered him with all kinds of questions to try to help me get out of the funk that I'm in. And uh, we talked about signs, and I think he he comforted me a lot in that because I think signs from loved ones in heaven is a pretty uh, it's not something that's debated a lot, but I think there's a definite divide between people that do believe in signs and, and yes, it's biblical, and no, it's not biblical. And uh, he he was very comforting in the way he presented it to me that, in that, again, it could be, I think. I mean, it's definitely, there is enough support in the Bible that our loved ones do send us time that they could be, or send us signs that they could be real. But we need to be very careful that we're not taking our focus off the the one most important sign, which, again, is our hope in Jesus. And if if we're if we're so focused on the signs that we're getting distracted from our walk with Christ, then there's issues that come from things like that. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, there is there is hope when we see the signs, but there's, there's a, and it's, it's possible. We just have to, I guess, be careful, filter them a little bit that we're not just 
everything's a sign and 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 yeah. taking our I eye off the prize. You. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, every time I see the word Mason, I don't think, oh, Mason put that there for me. There's a lot of Masons in this world, you know. It's uh, and if I'm having a bad day and I need to think that though, I'll be like, okay, well, God hooked me up and let me think of my boy for that minute. And uh, but I do think you're right. The ultimate goal is to get to heaven and to, um, you know, follow Jesus and do what we're supposed to do and not to get too focused on the signs. But in my opinion, don't let them, you know, stall you out. Like, let them help you. If if it helps you get through the day, then use it. Use it. Help it. Let it let it help you get through the day. Thank God for it because God let it happen. Right. That's how I look at it. Like, hey, Penny in the shower. I'm sure God had to have some part of that, too, because, yeah, kind of weird. I know it's weird, but uh, yeah. So you're saying don't be a stubborn old mule like me and just brush them all aside? Well, no, I mean, I I think you're right, though, too, like because you don't want to get too focused on just the science. Right. Because that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is. Um, like as Christian believers that we are, that we want to do the right thing, follow the commandments, be a good person, and ultimately get to heaven. Um, you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day. I see your point of view. I just look at it different. That's all. Yeah. But I have yep. nothing wrong with the way you look at it. I, if that's how you got to do it, then that's fine too. Yeah. And I do. I always love talking things like science because yeah, Chris and I are different and. We agree on so many things, and our journeys are so tightly entwined to each other that we get along really well. But we 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 have our disagreements on some things too, and it's it helps us both grow. I mean, that's the that's one of the important things is that we we challenge each other when when we can, and it helps us take one more step to to just healing here on earth and. Getting ourselves getting to heaven someday because we do have that faith. Yep, I agree. And, uh, you know, for those that are listening, if you're looking for a sign, I mean, it's, it's hard, right? You, you don't, you don't know what, what's going to come. If it is a sign, if it isn't a sign, uh, there have been times where I was like, come on, is that, nah, that's not a sign. You know, that's just, it's too coincidental. Like you said, um, but there's just some things where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to take that as a sign and I'm going to roll with it today because it's just going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to think about Mason. I think God hooked me up with this sign and I'm going to roll with it. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. take it for how you need it. Yeah. I think for me, yeah, for people who are really struggling and for people who aren't believers, um, again, I think... For me, it's important to remember that God is God. We are not. And and if you talk to enough Christian people, you're going to find some pretty quick that think that they have all the answers. And it's there's nobody that has all the answers except for God. And again, it's okay to it's okay to not know something. And it it doesn't make life easier down here and it, it's frustrating and, and all that. But again, if we knew everything, we would be God. And so we just, again, that's where faith comes in that we, we've got to trust 
just trust the history of Jesus, trust what the Bible says, trust all the evidence on the earth that the Bible is true. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion someday of all the historical evidence that points toward the Bible being true, but ultimately there is still an element of faith because none of us has seen God. And we won't until we join heaven. Yeah, and I think uh, that might be part of like that test I was talking about earlier, you know. At the beginning, it's really hard. Um, but as time goes on, it, it it's just as hard because, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think a big fear that, like, we have now and i know we've talked a little bit about too is like we have other children what if what if we were to lose our other children like that is a giant fear and you know those are just like those things of if it's happened once it can happen again sort of thing you you kind of you think about it that way and um it's definitely difficult it's a test that's for sure but that's where like dan said that faith comes in it's hard it's not supposed to be easy though to be honest Heaven is the greatest ever. Why Why would they just give it to anyone? That's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard. You have to work hard. You have to trust the process. Right. And uh, that, that's kind of how I go at it. I look at it like, listen, this is, it's not supposed to be easy. Um, but like Dan said, God can handle it. I pray often about it. I need help. And uh, while I don't agree with the plan, Right. I got to roll with it because I don't have a choice in it. I'm not God, like Dan said. So we got to we got to make the best of what we're given, and try to make the world as 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 good as we can. And then I think that's, you know, do what you can to make yourself feel better. You know, and hope that one day we can join our children again. So. Yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking too as you've been talking this whole time of, uh, people say, well, God won't give you more than you can handle, and. Also, to the best of my knowledge, not in the Bible. Um, God will test us. He will allow us to be tested. And again, it's there are some things that we can't handle on our own, and that's the whole point that helps us rely on God. And anybody that's lost a child, I would say that if they're making it through it, there's some reliance on God and just... Because God shows up in the people that we're surrounded by, or just everything, and it just—I mean, that again, it, it. I don't know how people who don't believe in God survive losing a child. If without, without that hope that we would see our loved ones again one day, I mean, there, there really is nothing that I can see. So why even bother trying? Um, I can I can understand that mindset very easily. Yep, and uh, I would challenge those that don't believe, and that's okay. I I I'm not here to judge. To be honest, that is your decision. Um, if you don't want to believe, that's totally fine. Um, but if you're looking for something and you're looking for some hope and you're looking for something to get you over the hurdle and someone to help why not take a look and see if maybe that is for you maybe maybe that faith can help you get through the moments i know it's helped me and i think it's helped dan uh if i know if i didn't have faith 
I'd be a lot worse than what I am now. So it, it, it can help you if you open your heart and let it in. Yeah, absolutely. So, so any other thoughts, Chris, or questions you want to throw out? No, I think it's, you know, another great episode, deep discussion. God is, the, is a touchy topic for a lot of people. And uh, Dan and I realized that, but we wanted to kind of push the boundaries a little bit and uh, bring this topic up. We understand that not everyone believes in our God, and that is fine. You know, that's what makes America great. You can believe whatever you want, uh, but we just want to throw our point of view out there with this. So. And as always, we, we welcome feedback and questions, um, especially with God, because I know for me, I'm, I am, I still struggle. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to learn more and, and work on my relationship. So I welcome any wisdom that anybody has and, uh, wants to share. So, yep. All right. Well, with that, then, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, as always, if you have questions, comments, feedback, if you want to come talk with Chris and I about anything, we would love to have you. Reach out to us at info at Find us on Facebook. Reach out to Chris. Chris at milesformasonmemorial.com or on Messenger on Facebook, Chris Lombardi. Just search me, no big deal. And, uh, yeah, shoot us a message we'll, or we'd love to help out any way we can and just talk about what we've been through and uh if you need help and we don't know the answer because we're not geniuses we will definitely help you find the answer or find someone that might know the answer All right. and again thank you to wmql radio in brevard for helping get our thoughts out there um and and hopefully we're helping somebody along the way beside ourselves but Thank you all for listening. Uh, we do want to say God bless you. Um, we know, again, yeah, that is a, a touchy subject for so many people, but it's our belief, and it it's a good thing that we, we want God to bless all of us, and it's not anything that we want people to be upset about. It's our way of saying that we want the best for you, and that's what our belief is to to get you to the ultimate best result that can happen. So have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Father's Love, Healing Through Heartache.